Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, beginning with verse 40. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that a person will certainly not lose their reward. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning again, folks. We appreciate you being in the house this morning. And those of you who are online here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, uh, everyone worshiping, whether you are here in the house or online, is a part of the Good Shepherd United Methodist Church family. If it's your first time with us, welcome to the family. Let's take a moment this morning to wave to each other, to wave to those who are online as an effort to make our family connection. If you see a face that you don't recognize or haven't seen in a while, share with them a good, a wonderful Good Shepherd welcome this morning. We look forward to getting to know you a little bit better this afternoon at our Freedom Fun Day, which follows worship. If you're online, come on down and join us uh, for an afternoon of fun and fellowship. All activities have moved inside because of the heat and the possibility of of storms, but we're going to have a great time this afternoon. Please comment if you're online or or if you're uh, in the house. Go ahead and shout out. I told the folks last week I'd been at annual conference, and we did a lot of shouting and a lot of praising. So if you all sit quietly today, it's going to make me nervous. So be sure you shout out. We love hearing from everyone, and I'm Pastor Regina, and looking forward to spending some time with you this morning. Do y'all remember several, several years ago when that cold water challenge was all the rage? Remember that? Some United Methodist churches challenged their congregations and each other to raise money for no more malaria. You could either choose to take a bucket of cold water for a $10 donation, or you could choose to fork over $100 and remain dry. But these monies that were raised were were given uh, to the Legacy Tennessee Annual Conference and and sent to buy mosquito netting to protect those families in Africa from malaria. It was a fun way to raise money and and support a good cause at the same time. But during this challenge, what I realized is as 21st century Americans, we take for granted that mosquito bites that many of us receive throughout the summer, and some of you may already have, will not result in our death but only a period of some itchy discomfort until we reach for that hydrocortisone. And if by rare chance that bite turns to a more serious event, we have reliable medication and medical personnel to treat our illness. Recently I heard that malaria is making a comeback here in, the, here in America. And maybe eradicated diseases is, is just another thing that we as Americans should add to that list of things that we presume will not happen here. We take other things for granted as well, don't we? We take for granted that food will always be available, that natural resources are limitless, and that we are entitled to certain standards of living. Now, I could go on about how much food we waste while others go hungry and how many natural resources we squander just because they are readily available, but I won't. We take for granted many of the freedoms that we are afforded as citizens of, of this generation as we, that we celebrate this week. I could go on about that, but I won't. 
I could remind us that we are becoming a society that operates out of a sense of entitlement rather than one of gratitude, but I won't. Today's message, today's message will focus on the little things in life that make a big difference. The little things that make a difference as we answer the call of being sent to serve. The little things in life that are essential on our journey of discipleship. After natural disasters or unforeseen tragedy, we often see wonderful displays of human kindness and resilience of human spirit in response to the needs of our brothers and sisters in the aftermath. I'm sure our youth saw some of that uh, this last week. We observe that race, religion, political preference, and socioeconomic standing does not matter when calamity strikes. Our human nature is to help those in need in whatever way we can. We embrace the message of serving our neighbor without even knowing it. And we live missionally in the midst of true need. Sadly, when the glitz and glamour of the latest catastrophe fades, we go back to our everyday lives, often forgetting that the lives of those who are most personally affected have forever changed. It's difficult to hear and see and watch local and national and global news and not wonder what is the world coming to and if there are even answers to the issues of poverty, violence, injustice, and all those existing isms. Yet there is hope. There is hope in the God we serve. Hear that again, folks. There is hope in the God we serve. There you go. That's a great place for an amen. There are little things along the way that can be done to alleviate the needs we witness in our own community and spheres of influence. Big differences can be made in the lives of others when little things are accomplished. Now, there's a balance that we must reach in in what we see in the needs of others and what we can do to meet these needs. Even too much of a good thing can bring unfortunate circumstances if they're not managed well. We often take for granted that others need what we think they need, and that's not the case in all things. Water is a great example that can be both good and bad. There is, if there's not enough water, we face drought and problems arise. When there's too much water, we encounter flooding and the disasters that accompany it. However, water is necessary for our existence and cannot be created. We cannot exist too long without water. Water is one of those little things that make a big difference. Water is essential to the life of humans. I don't know if you know it or not, but our bodies are about 90% water and they don't function properly if we become dehydrated. Certain symptoms in our body, systems in our bodies don't operate well and to their full potential if we deny our bodies even the basic amounts of daily water. Water is not something that we can humanly produce, but it is something that is naturally created. Water is one of those little things in life that we take for granted that will always be there. We expect the water to come on out of our faucets or shower or spigots whenever we turn them on, don't we? Maybe not. Maybe that's just me. Okay. We expect water to be clean and safe for our consumption and use. We are blessed beyond measure to have this expectation, and in most cases, we have that expectation met. 
This expectation is not the case for many across the world. Water is a sign of hospitality. Water can be offered to quench a thirst or to freshen up a weary traveler. To offer cold water in the first century was not, was not only an offer of hospitality, but it was one of sacrifice. The coldest water comes from deep within the well. In ancient times, cold water often meant drawing from a deep well and then carrying that water up a hill to your dwelling place. And if you shared your cold water, it often meant another trip down the hill and then back up the hill to provide water for your household. We're reminded in today's scripture that whoever gives even a cup of water to one of these little ones in the name of Jesus or a disciple, this disciple will not lose their reward. Even the smallest act of kindness will not be overlooked by God. Now the phrase little ones is traditionally understood as the least of these. Those who are vulnerable, those who are inferior, those who are less fortunate than ourselves for whatever reason. Acts of kindness done are acts of discipleship. Any act of kindness we do to one another, we do to God. Now the flip side of this is true as well. Whenever we treat others with lack of respect, we treat God in the same manner. Our acts of kindness are inclusive of serving where we are sent. They're inclusive when we open the door for someone whose arms are full. We serve where we're sent. When we smile at someone we encounter, we serve where we're sent. When we share from our abundance with those who are less fortunate, we share where we are sent. Serving when we are, where we are sent does not always mean huge sacrifices and intense labor. Sometimes serving when we are sent looks as small as a cup of cold water. Mother Teresa reminds us that every day we encounter Christ in distressing disguise, in those hungry not only for bread, but hungry for love, naked not only for clothing, but naked of human dignity and respect, homeless not for want of random bricks, but homeless because of rejection. It is these children of God that we must offer cups of cold water. Cups of cold water found in little things in life. Cups of cold water that look like meeting basic needs. Cups of cold water that reflect God's love. The message for the church found in Mother Teresa's quote and in Matthew's scripture in 1042 is simple. We are called as disciples of Christ to meet the needs of a hurting world one cup of water at a time. As disciples sent into the world armed with the gospel message, we must look to alleviate human suffering, meet real needs, and work miracles in Christ's name by loving people, by healing hurts, and offering hospitality to all persons with whom we come in contact whether they like us or not or whether we like them or not, even if it's the lowliest in our community. We are called to offer all of God's children cups of cold water. I'll admit I struggle sometimes with what to do and how to do it when it comes to offering these cups of cold water. There was a lady who rode her bike through the Donaldson Hermitage area, which was the area where I served. 
I heard part of her story, but there was, I did not know it all. What I did know is that I seemed to encounter this child of God at unique and thought-provoking times during my daily activities. It was typically when I was running late or when I had something on my mind or when I was in an extreme hurry. I usually saw this lady when my mind was challenged with putting my words into actions. At this time, the conversation with my spiritual mentor had centered around practicing what we preach. And at times I found myself even looking for this uh, lady as I drove around. I never really noticed, uh, noticed her before, but before I left that community, I rarely saw her. And I struggled with gleaning what lessons God was trying to teach me through these encounters with my newly recognized friend. But I knew eventually it would come clear. Beginning to recognize those among us who need a helping hand is that first step in understanding how we are to respond to our neighbors in need of a cup of cold water, whatever that cup of cold water may look like. We must not forget that as we give, we also receive. As followers of Christ who offer kindness to strangers and those in need, we are reminded that we too can receive hospitality from these individuals. I'm reminded of a story from a pastor friend of mine who tells about a little girl who she encountered in a homeless shelter. This little girl was eating lunch in the, in the shelter and, and her mom had, she and her mom had found a penny along the way that day. Now she toddled back to the office of my friend and handed her the penny. Now my friend insisted that the child keep this penny, um, but the child just insisted that the child, that the pastor keep the penny. All humans have the need and the capacity to be Christ to one another. This encounter was a reminder that everyone has the need to help others. We're called to, to represent Christ to the stranger as well as to encounter Christ in the stranger. Our hospitality to others is our hospitality to Christ. I read a story once about a pastor's wife who, who saw an elderly man that had collapsed on a busy street. She stopped, called 911, waited for the ambulance to arrive, and even visited this man in the hospital. They kept in touch over the next few months, and, and one evening the man invited the pastor and his wife to dinner. Over the course of the evening, they learned that the gentleman was a former pastor from an area where the younger pastor had grown up. He inquired concerning the church where the elderly man had served, and the elder pastor named the church and distinctly remembered a teenager with thick glasses that led the music. The younger pastor, caught by surprise, realized that the teenager leading the music was his dad. Who would have guessed that many years later, a chance meeting over an unexpected illness would have connected these individuals? The simple answer is Jesus. When we offer a cup of cold water by meeting the needs of others, we connect ourselves to Christ. A cup of cold water is not always wet. Hospitality to others is also a little thing in life that makes a big difference. Hospitality to others takes many forms. We get the big things like providing food to the hungry and clothing to the naked and shelter to those without. We understand providing the needs in the aftermath of disasters and tragedies. 
Most Christians do a pretty good job with these activities. Even we even pat ourselves on the back when we do these things, don't we? The difficult part about being hospitable is when we are called to go outside of our comfort zones. As we face new families and, and friends that <coughs> excuse me, that enter the doors of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, all of us are called to welcome them with a smile and a handshake and words of welcome. We do a great job, but we can't stop there. We should go the extra mile and invite these new faces to whatever's going on at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. And not just invite them, but to offer to meet them at the door or pick them up if needed. We should have a conversation with these folks to try to find out more about them and and their interests as folks come to us with needs that are not obvious as the lack of food and clothing and shelter, things like needing a listening ear, an encouraging word, or just genuine conversation. All of us should be there to offer such hospitality. Every one of us. Every one of us sitting here, every one of us here online has a responsibility to offer hospitality to strangers, even to those folks who've been around for years that you may not know very well. It can be a smile or a handshake or just a good morning greeting. Christian hospitality is a spiritual discipline which all followers followers of Christ should practice. It comes more natural to some than others, but all of us are called to offer it. Some folks are even given the gift of hospitality, and all of us can learn from these individuals. Hospitality should be a natural routine in the life of a Christian. This kind of hospitality has nothing to do with the right etiquette, gourmet cooking, or spotless surroundings. Christian hospitality is about an open heart, filled with Christ that welcomes all people to the table with no hidden agenda or expectation of reciprocity. Christian hospitality is a natural behavior of welcoming others. Hospitality is one growing edge for us at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church as we go into the mission field of our community. We do a pretty good job at the in-house hospitality, but there's more to hospitality than making the stranger feel welcome. It's as easy, to, it's real easy to stay in our building and do what we've done for years, but we must strive to be a welcoming community to others wherever they are, whatever we're doing. Our leadership team is working on ways that Good Shepherd United Methodist Church to enter our community, to offer Christ rather than expecting others to come to us to find Christ in our comfortable sanctuary. Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, in case you hadn't noticed, is very visible in this community. We sit in a prime location on a corner of a well-traveled street. Many folks outside the immediate community pass this church twice a day as they head to and from work and school, or even if they're just coming to get their Taco Bell fix. Just imagine what could take place if at this church, if every time someone saw one of us, and knew that we were a part of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, they could respond, oh yeah, that's a real friendly, welcoming church out serving the community that sits behind Taco Bell. Whatever, we have that capacity, friends. We can become the face of the community who is willing to serve others, to offer a place for others to serve. All we have to do is act accordingly. That's what Christian hospitality is all about. Little things 
cups of cold water that make a big difference in the lives of those we encounter. Christian hospitality is a spiritual discipline that makes a difference. There are other spiritual disciplines that make an impact on the lives of Christ followers. Some of these disciplines we take for granted. Prayer and study are foundations of the actions of a disciple. And too many times we who claim to be followers followers of Christ think that if we toss up a quick prayer of thanks and quickly scan through our devotions that we're good to go for the day. Spiritual disciplines of prayer and study go a lot more deeply. We cannot hope to know what God has planned for us unless we spend time in conversation with God, both talking and listening. Spending time in God's Word, letting God's Word speak to us as we read, reflect, and respond is essential to our spiritual growth. Now, I'm not saying that we must spend all hours of the day in prayer and study, although it's not a bad thing. But practicality does come into play at some point. When it comes to prayer and study, the old saying, quality, not quantity, is a good measuring stick. If we seek to know the heart of God, we must spend time with God. Now, spending time with God enables us to offer cups of cold water to others in the form of encouragement and love. We have these things to offer to others because we've been filled with the same encouragement and love by spending time with God. We cannot give what we do not have. If our own cups are are overflowing with love of of God and, and desire to love our neighbor, we have some to offer with little effort that makes big differences to someone who may be hurting. Let's begin let us begin to be encouraged today to speak ways or to seek ways to offer cups of cold water to our neighbors. Maybe not actual cups of cold water, that might be a little weird, but cups of kindness, cups of encouragement, cups of hospitality and love. As we offer these cups in the name of Christ, others will experience what it means to be genuinely loved by God. Now we've got some ushers out here this morning who are who are going to distribute to you Cups. Now, they're not, they don't have water in them, so you don't have to be scared. But it's an ordinary cup with the phrase, just a cup of cold water. I challenge you to take this ordinary cup as a reminder that each of us, each of us, every day should offer a cup of cold water to someone we encounter. Place this cup in an area where, where you do your daily devotions and ask God to symbolically fill it up. Fill it up for you so that you have something to pour out to those you meet. Maybe you need to put this cup of water in your vehicle to remind you to offer a kind word to that drive through employee or not to cut off that annoying driver ahead of you. Maybe taking this cup of cold water and placing it on your desk at work will be a reminder that you are a disciple of Christ and are called to offer hospitality wherever you go. Who knows, maybe this simple cup will start a conversation with someone that changes their life. However you choose to use your cup of cold water, remember that followers of Christ are called to meet the needs of a hurting world one cup of cold water at a time. Remember, when we offer this cup or refuse to offer offer this cup, we do so to Christ himself. As the children are coming back, we we will turn our focus to Holy Communion. 
And as you come to the table of grace this morning, ask God to fill your cup so that you may fill the cups of those you encounter each day with the love of God that you have received. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, 
until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are going to assist me this morning will come forward. table of the United Methodist Church. This is not Good Shepherd's table. This is Christ's table, and all are invited to partake of this meal. Let us come.
Thanks be to God for the gifts that God has given to us. Go into the world and share your cups of cold water. Amen. You are dismissed.